All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. He plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a weirdo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Hey, Brian Shesko. In your face, Brian. <laughs> okay. Gentlemen, <laughs> it is getting ever closer. I'm getting jittery. We got like Five days. What do you mean ever close? Of course it's ever close. It is getting ever closer to the start of the new Premier League season. We are very excited here, as you can tell. We have given you a bunch of summer content to this point. We have ramped it up over the last couple of weeks. You've gotten more episodes than normal from the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast about how to get started with the new Fantasy Premier League season. But this one, Dave. Yes. This one is the one that will help you the most. Probably going to have too much information. We always think that this is going to be shorter, and we always get long-winded because there's a lot of info, a lot of pertinent info. How can there not be? That is out there. This is the, other than choosing a a mate for life, (laughs) there's hardly a more important decision that you'll make. Then getting uh, on any on any given day than your FPL first starting lineup. Listen, if you can, it's funny. You can't win your fantasy league on opening day, but you can put yourself on the path to great success if you can get really close to a kick <laughs> starting lineup. It would one that you help. don't have to change yeah. by by international break. Remember, you're going to get the international break because I do this every year, and and even though I think I'm not going to right now, I'll end up having to do it. I'm going to get to the international break in five weeks from now, and I'm going to think. What was I thinking? Why didn't I see this <laughs> happening? Why didn't I know that Mason Mount was going to be starting for Chelsea every single game at 6-0 and be a stud? And who knows if that's going to happen? We don't know. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Crazy things like that. But yeah, you can if you nail your starting lineup to start the season, man, you can put yourself in a way better position than many of your league mates. And when they're when they're itching to use that wild card, you can just sit back on cruise control, Scott, and just do your one transfer per week. That's right. Right. That's right. Isn't that what you dream about? That's one transfer my, per week. Simplicity is is a beautiful <laughs> thing sometimes, uh, and and that is definitely what I desire. But last week's episode, our last our last release about the FPL strategies that you need for the upcoming season was eye opening for me. I did a little monologue over the summer about how I was going to look to change my ways to to change with the times because the old-fashioned way last season was probably the last season that that way needed to happen. Uh, Things need to be updated. Things need to, uh, to, you know, things like... Evolve. Yeah, I need to... Exactly. My my strategies needed to evolve. 
I need to change when I'm looking at transferring players in and out. I need to look at maybe how many negative fours that I'm willing to take and, and change that. More. Maybe. How I'm using my bench has definitely evolved over the last season, thanks to you guys and the advice that I've been getting from you on this podcast. And so what people need to know is that we're looking to help them, but honestly, I get more help than anyone else <laughs> by listening to this podcast. And so we're going to give you all that you need and more, but hopefully not too much more. And we're going to do it position by position. Are we ready? Let's go. Let's do this. Let's try it. Before we do, I want to hear just general impressions on how you think teams are going to do this season. Last season, there were two things that stood out. City and Liverpool beat everybody, and defense was king. We're starting to see a little bit more activity here in the transfer window now as we get within the last couple of weeks. We've seen more activity, but it's been a slow summer overall. Does that strategy that was important at the end of last season with defense being key and City and Liverpool being a step or two above everybody else, do you see any reason why that should change as we go into the new season? I don't don't know. I'm concerned a little bit, and I don't mean this as a shot at you, at Liverpool because of the amount of competitions that they're in, Scott, right? They're in seven competitions, right? Yep. Good grief, man. That's crazy. I mean, one of them's already over as we record this. Let's be honest. The Community Shield was a one-match thing. So fair enough. Six, right? So six competitions going forward. Yeah. That's just so many games. And I think where that's going to pay, you know, where that's going to hurt is by the end of the season, how much left do you have in the tank? And, and, you know, and and how deep is your team? And I think – I just wonder that it's just going to be a huge hurdle. I think that Liverpool is going to have to have to jump over this year and handle properly. Like the margin for error, I don't think is big there. Yeah, I have I have Liverpool questions, uh, just like a lot of other people do. Mostly surrounding their their three main attackers. We talked about it in a couple, at least in one or one or more podcasts this summer of just from last season to this season, the stability of certain clubs and how even a club like Watford. Even though they're not, they didn't overwhelm anybody or didn't really do much of anything, honestly, in signings for the summer. But keeping Javi Gracia and keeping the players that they have, like even a club like Watford still feels pretty stable from last season where they were pretty good for a lot of the season. They've kept most of those same players. They can, you know, I'm sure coming into that system. And you could say that about a lot of the top, oh, I don't know, 11 or 12 clubs. No, that's fair. I think also, too, like, like for me, like Chelsea's such a wild card, mm-hmm. I, especially fantasy wise too. There's so much value in in Chelsea, and I don't know where it's going to come from yet. So that's mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to start the season with a Chelsea player, but I'm going to be quick to go to them because once once I see a game or two and see what's going on, they have guys at such low uh, costs that there's going to be point. There's going to be yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, you know there's going to be points per pound value there. I, I can promise I, you. I that. might All say the- I would say the same thing about. Manchester United, honestly. Manchester United is the same way, and uh, Ryan, I, it's it, there might be there might be an Arsenal player in the midfield, which was sort of a joke last year, that might be relevant. Mm-hmm. 
One sure, one that I love to hate, Mesut Ozil, sure, very sure. possibly in a seven we, five. I remember this exact same moment last year in this podcast, <laughs> where where Scott resisted laying his head down on the table. I actually and falling asleep. I, I actually had that urge just now. That's the craziest <laughs> thing. And so it's deja not just deja vu. Uh, it's it's the reality this podcast yeah. lives in. It's Dave's now, eternal optimism. And, and, and here's the other thing too: City, um, they've won the league back to back. And I know that Pep will have them tuned up to tell them, no, you want to make history, you can win it three three years in a row. Yeah, you really want to be his make history, win three three years in a row. And man, in any sport, that is just so hard to do. And I and and so, I it, it's tough to see it right now because I watched City and Liverpool play today, and both of them looked amazing. Yeah, and so it, neither one of them hardly looked like they have any weaknesses. Injuries will have their say. Does Kevin DeBrowna stay healthy? Can can how many games? How many more games does Aguero have in him? Right, and you know, is Sané going to be there? Did he get seriously hurt today? You, you just wonder about all these things, and then you you look at other teams like I don't know. Could Arsenal? Arsenal's going to be probably better this year than they were last year, and they were one win away in the last four from finishing third. Right, they end up finishing fifth, but literally one win in the last six games, and they finished third. Like. Can they and how many chances did Aubameyang miss last year? Even though he he finished with a golden boot, so those questions are like, can Arsenal spring up? I don't know. I don't feel good about betting about it. I wouldn't. Right? <laughs> Is United going to be better? It just feels like a lot of teams got better, and I don't know if there were many that got worse. You could easily say Chelsea. I just don't know. They just have some wild cards. Chelsea might be the most interesting team this year. It'll be fun to see all the kids, and I use the word kids in air quotes, all the kids come home now all, to all their finally. Lo- all their loanies. Yeah, right? they're finally now playing for their home club this season, or so it seems. You know, Tammy Abraham, uh, you mentioned Mason Mount. Uh, Batuai. Mishi Batuai. New signing Pulisic. Yeah, Ruben, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, even though he's injured. Kurt Zuma. Yeah. Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah, all these guys who are going to now finally play for Chelsea together. Be interesting to see how they come together. You're right. That is a big wild card. All right, let's go position by position like we promised. Now that we've introed this, let's start at the back with the goalkeeper position. I have very, very strong opinions about goalkeepers. But, Brian, we'll start with you. What is your strategy, and who are you looking to play? Who's in your lineup as we sit here at goalkeeper, and why are they in there? So as I, as we sit here right this moment, my two goalkeepers are Jordan Pickford and Nick Pope. Pickford based entirely on what appears to be a, a decent schedule to start the season. Uh, we've talked about this before. Lots of people have talked about this. I would say until November 23rd. You have a pretty decent Everton schedule. So what we're going to do as we each announce what we're looking to do is we're going to pick at each other's lineups a little bit and and either affirm or or pick at what people are doing. And Brian, I'm going to pick at Jordan Pickford right away. Sure. First of all, I I feel like a case could be made that Everton's defense finished above their normal, uh, like their normal uh, above the mean, if you will. Yeah. I have no reason to believe that they're going to pick up where they left off in their defense right. with a lot of the same guys playing back there. And then you put Pick, Pickford behind them. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, he's going to struggle to score the points he scored at the end of last season as True. well. And this is something that if we can use this as a as a springboard into what I my overall concern in terms of strategy to start the season entirely 
I feel like this is very much a, a Vegas betting odds kind of situation when it comes to goalkeepers and defense. So much of this strategy to start this season has been, look at how much these players and defense, look how much these people scored last season. They outscored many of their similarly priced midfielders at the, you know, at the same dollar amounts. Scott, how is that not just chasing last season's points? I am definitely concerned. It's, I'm not necessarily, uh, this is not like Jordan Pickford is my absolute go-to guaranteed guy here. Uh, init- this is an initial selection, of I course. would say, based entirely on schedule. I, I totally agree with that concern. And despite that concern, there sits Seamus Coleman as my, one of my first choice defenders. Interesting. In my defense as well. But, but Nick Scott, Pope, uh, no, the, like, the, the, just to finish, Nick Pope, now that he has the goal to himself in Burnley, to me, a steal at four and a half pounds. I would say I, I have a reason that gives me a little hesitation on Pickford, but it's only one. and Because they did it like the last third of the season where they kicked ass. So how, how do we know that it just didn't take them time to gel and figure out their roles and start falling into it, and then now it should be even better because they had a whole preseason to actually work on it. Valid. Where, where they where they hardly gave up any goals, even though they couldn't score any either. I mean, that's valid. That is the bet. If you're if you're going to go with Pickford and Coleman, that's what you're hoping for, right? Yeah. I don't feel good about that. Why? I I know why. I I did have Pickford to start the year. I had Pickford in my lineup. Mm-hmm. I don't now, mm-hmm. mainly because of one small little hiccup, and it's the fact that Drissa uh, Gay is gone. The, in quotes, Conte position yeah. for Everton, that field. guy was a tackler's tackler, Brian. He yeah. was he was a leading the league in tackles, Yes, that right? is major for them. So that's a big deal, and those are big shoes to fill. He has moved on to PSG. Yeah. PSG is probably thrilled that they got him, right? For sure. And then good for him. It's a, it's a good move to a big club. No one's hating on that. That's the only reason why I have any hesitation. But other, other than that, if your reason isn't that, I don't know why that you would you would just – instantly think that where they finished wasn't their average and maybe it just took them a while to get there sure maybe it's a liverpool fan in me i don't know but let me ask you this is 5.5 is the second highest price point for for goalkeepers he's there with keppa david de gea hugo Lloris. is is pickford the guy to go to in your opinion david 5.5 so interesting interesting that you asked that so i did something a little bit different this year that i've done before i don't know why i've done it why i haven't done it before I have at each price point for every position the guy who I would take in that position. Mm-hmm. So I can look at that you and tell you that no, <laughs> I wouldn't take Pickford at 5.5. All right, who do you like better? I would take Keppa at Chelsea. And this is so weird, but if you look at where they finished last year, and I know that we can't do that this year, but Keppa finished in a sorry who gives a crap about defense system. Keppa finished sixth in overall scoring and i say sixth finished three points from being fourth right so that means fourth through six is all within two or three points of each other and again for a chelsea team and a manager who really sorry ball did not really revolve around any type of defense mm-hmm. in comes frank lampard okay the defense for the most part for chelsea is the same as it was last year same personnel wise yeah and now Conte is not going to be playing second striker. <laughs> Conte is going to be playing probably back where he was most effective and was one of the most dominant players in the league because I think Frank's probably smart like that. Mm-hmm. And so 
I just think that Chelsea's defense is going to be better, and I think Kepa's going to be better and will rival that third and or second position and or maybe first position as a goalkeeper. Brian, going mm-hmm. back to your second choice of Nick Pope, mm-hmm. that's going to leave you with some interesting choices week in and week out, which guy to play. Because both both of your goalkeepers right now will start. So yeah. what are you going to use to determine that? Is it just mat- you're just going to go yeah, off and match I mean, up? I would just, at this point, it would just be, it would just be if, unless I have a compelling reason not to play Pickford, it would be Pope on the bench. And you said Nick Pope was four and a half? Yes. He so, and Tom Heaton both starting the season at four and a half. Tom I'm, Heaton now of Aston Villa. Though. Right. Now now a villain. So, now I agree with you, Dave. And and something else, another guy, I mean, honestly, as far as ownership goes, I mean, I look at Hugo Lloris yep. at, at 9%. I mean, that's hardly any ownership at well, all. Well, do you feel good about Spurs, though? You didn't mention Spurs in our open about, in terms of who you feel like is advanced or maybe regressed. Spurs feel like a team in the top six that has fallen back no, more than anyone see, else. No. Last year, they everyone said that, and where'd they finish? Third, right? Champions League final. Okay, right. So, And all they did was get better. They went out inside Mdombele, if I said that right, Brian. I don't, I don't know. know. I doubt and, it. <laughs> um, but they I, lost trip here. They did, but they were okay right back. Serge Aurier and... Kyle Walker Peters are going to fill in fine right there, and or Juan Foyth. I don't know. I mean, they I, got. I'm well, not. I'm. I understand what you're saying, Scott. I agree. But what, they, let's stick with goalkeepers, though. Well, so what just, I, yeah, what I'm saying is, like, I think just to you know to start the season, yeah, you're gonna like the Spurs headache is that they alternate good game, know, bad game, good Villa game, Villa and yeah. Newcastle with Manchester City and Arsenal. So yeah. you don't love the way they start the season, but yeah, week one, home to Villa. Yeah. I can see that. Scott, I like Pope at, at four or five. So I love that pick. And, and like I said, I like Pickford, but I think after thinking about it, because initially I had Pickford, I came around to Keppa. So who do you have five, currently five. in your squad? Is currently it? I have Ederson. Ederson. Yeah. So you're going in a different direction. Yeah. There are two six zero goalkeepers. Yeah. Allison, premium keepers. Yeah. Allison and Ederson. And you got and, Ederson. And I, for whatever reason, I just feel like, and, and, and I, it's tough to base this off stats. This is just a feel at the moment. Allison was awesome last year, but Ederson was right behind him. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Liverpool's defense was so good last year. I don't know if they could be that good again. They'll still be good, but but really good. Like three of their defenders in the top three, you know. Mm-hmm. So there might be a small regression. I think that might be be tough to live up to that standard. And so I just went with Ederson, and I like I like the cities in the first five six weeks. I like their schedule better. Really, okay. I mean, that really is what that boils down to. So you got to. Ederson, and I'm guessing you have a no-name. At 5 I had Fabianski. So there's only the, the cool thing was with goalkeepers, there's pretty much four price points. It's 6-0, 5-5, 5-0, and 4-5. And you so, have a 5-0 backup? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I, I have a 4-0 backup okay. in Stetlingberg. Stetlingberg. Yes. Everton. Yes, <laughs> Right back to Everton, That's goalkeeper. Correct. The other one, uh, the backup. Yeah. So, so I'm just committing to one goalkeeper. I'm not going to spend any money in my second goalkeeper. Ederson's your guy. Ederson, I, ride or die right now. Scott, you want to give your answers, or do you want me to ask this question about Ederson? Go ahead and ask your question. My first. question is, Allison is on 32.9%, and Ederson is 18%. Mm-hmm. Is, that a, is there a real 15% difference? No, here? it's Allison finishing first in points last year. That's what it is. And, and, I, and my other guess for Allison well, Liverpool's is... Liverpool's defense was the best last year. My other guess is that when people click the fixture list for, Art, or for Liverpool, they see a whole bunch of green and only a couple of red, 
And when they open Ederson's fixture list, there's a couple a grays. grays. Uh-oh. <laughs> Those gray matches aren't as good as green ones. I should look for more green ones. Yeah. I I just I'm yeah. I'm a little confused by the so, the massive discrepancy there in ownership. Scott, do you have an issue <clears throat> or either one of you with you're you're saying they should be closer to even. Yes, Brian? I think it should be much closer. Um, either one of you have an issue with Ederson? I, I know, and again, I know it's just strategy, right? I'm just committing to. I mean, I, I think we're spending the same amount of money, Brian and I. He's got a, what five? Correct. No, Ten actually, pounds. Ten pounds each. He's got five, five, and four, five. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, Guess what? I'm also spending ten pounds with my two goalkeepers. Okay, good. I'm using your strategy, Dave. Okay. Uh, I'm just do it, done it in a different way, different personnel. Yeah. So I I do currently have Allison. Okay. Uh, I could easily go to Ederson. Last year, I ended up owning Ederson because at the end of the season because I had three other Liverpool players. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went with Ederson because I felt like they were pretty interchangeable. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to you know, there was no interchangeability for City and Liverpool defenders. You needed Liverpool defenders right. last year. So I went with Ederson as my goalkeeper. Uh, right now, though, I have, I have Allison as my goalkeeper, and then David Button is my is my Stecklenburg. Yeah. Uh, my my backup sure. goalkeeper, who is also himself a backup goalkeeper, but he's just there to fill a spot. All right, so that is two different ways to approach the goalkeeper position. Yep. So stay tuned to how that works. Uh, Dave, quick note on if you were thinking about having Lucas Fabianski as your starting goalkeeper for the season. Which I will be on record right now saying that's a good idea if he's healthy. Because he Roberto... Has- has been playing for West Ham. Right, because Fabianski has had a groin issue that had an MRI. It was serious enough that his groin left his body and went for an MRI. <laughs> he had to have an MRI in his groin. Weird. <laughs> problem. Which Manuel Pellegrini has said, we'll see how he responds on Tuesday and Wednesday. Right. So Fabianski I- is a, you may not see him. Uh, it's not considered to be so serious that he was going to miss a lot of time. But Lucas Fabianski is one of the few goalkeeper doubts of any of the, I would call, the major names to start the season. Yeah. Just, just worth keeping an eye on. No, absolutely. And also this. Ederson, I'm a little nervous at the moment because Ederson has not played in preseason yet. So... Due to Copa? Yeah, blame Copa I America. Due to Copa. I, I he was there and dressed Copa. today, and Claudio Bravo played and played out of his mind today against <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> yes, he did. So, you know. Does that earn him a week one start against? I don't know. Probably not, but man, uh, you know, kudos to him. He's making it difficult. So, I, I, I'm keeping my eye on that situation very closely. Very good. In fact, I might just switch it to Allison for week one regardless. <laughs> it's the same thing right now in terms of price. It is. All right, let's move to the defender line. You get five of them. Dave, we'll start with you this time. What kind of strategy? We were on record last week as saying that last season was all, it was the year of the defense. Yeah. We have talked about how, you know, throughout the summer, the movement of players seems to be such that you should still be thinking about defense, but the prices have changed. Mm -hmm. Defenders cost more this year than they did at this time last year. So, Dave, how are you approaching your defensive line? Well, it, it, as I say this, it's gonna you're gonna see how the rest of my team begins to start to take sort of take shape. Yeah, I as I was putting my team together, started not in the defense but in other places with guys that I wanted, and then I started shaping it up to see, all right, how much money do I have left, and what can I what can I get with this? And initially, I had uh, 
Robertson and Virgil Van Dyke in my lineup, and wow. then realized that it was it was keeping me in other areas from where I didn't want to be. And then I realized, you know what? Liverpool is going to play four defenders. Three of them are expensive. Two of them are not. And I don't know which guy's starting yet, and that's Matip and Gomez. Mm. And so at the moment, at the current moment, Gomez, who started today's match in the defense, mm -hmm. is in the lineup. Can I, as a Liverpool fan, can I give you my yes, somewhat I want, educated I opinion? I want this, yes. Between those two guys, Joe Gomez, when healthy, will probably Understood. get a lot more starts. Understood. And he started in front of Trent Alexander-Arnold last year before he got hurt. Correct. He has the he, ability he in Klopp's lineup to play in center back role, and uh, right role back. or right back. That's role. correct. Exactly right. So he is a versatile kid, and he's a stud. So currently, uh, and and for me, that's the easiest way into the, into the Liverpool defense, which I think is going to be good. The other guys are very expensive. Now, I did the same thing with City, except I went with Zinchenko. Mm. Because he's a five-five, and he's going to be he's going to be starting. Okay, and he's going to be sending crosses into the middle. So you have Gomez and Zinchenko in your defense. I do. Interesting. Um, I next then went with a what I think is probably one of the best five-zero defenders currently out there. Okay. Again, this, look, this is assuming that everyone healthy and, and when, when we start next week. This is just for the first four weeks. Sure. If you said, Dave, for yeah. the season, but Dave, I'm not thinking about the Dave, rest of the season. we record this podcast weekly I for know, a reason. I want the first four <laughs> weeks. All right. Aaron Cresswell and West Ham. Oh, come on. We've been here for the last three years. Right. There's great value at a 5-0. Um, if you watched any of their past few games, which I've watched a little bit, believe it or not, he is bombing crosses into the middle of the field. Okay. And uh, they have a new striker who's a big dude named Haller, and he's going to be scoring <laughs> some goals. Halle, <laughs> Haller, Halle, something. We'll Just as the French or right. want so, to say. So then, so then at 4-5, at, at four, five, at four, five, I went with – I want I want to go with Rob Holding, but I haven't seen him on the field for mm. the first team yet. Okay. But – Someone who's been on there the last three starts, starting next to Socrates, and he started today against Barcelona and had a hell of a game, is Callum, Callum Chambers, Chambers. Yeah. at a 4-5. I don't think the Arsenal defense, I don't think it can be as bad as it was last year. They might go out and still sign a center back this week. Now, even if they do, they're probably not going to start week one. No, no. So, and I guarantee you when Rob Holding is healthy, he's going to be starting. Now, he, if he's starting in the place of Chambers, I don't know. He could be starting in the place of Socrates. If he is, it's an easy swap for you. It's exactly. It's the same price. And then my 4-0 defender is Grant Hanley from Norwich. Yep. Who is... Hey, listen. If you're, on, if you're not in our Slack workspace, which you're not unless you support us at a certain tier at patreon.com slash FSFC, then you don't know that... Dave took a bunch of grief this past week yes, after our Norwich episode came out about his Grant Hanley recommendation. Yep. But he's been playing. He's been playing every game. <laughs> Until Friday. And guess what? He's still the captain. <laughs> we'll find out. I might be eating some more crow come uh, come Friday. But right now you feel good. Or Saturday. Saturday morning. He's your fifth defender who's not going to play. Well, right. But In your lineup. Sure, I don't plan on playing him. But if you have to have a 4-0 guy... Then you might as well get someone who's playing. Sure. Here's the other thing, though, that I might change it to, Scott. Okay. There's another West Ham defender out there, last name Johnson, and I swear on my life, I don't even know his first name yet. <laughs> I want. <laughs> Only there are a way. He started today against against Hertha Berlin when West Ham won five to three. Mm -hmm. It's Ben, by the way. Ben Johnson. Yep. He has started 
almost every preseason game for West Ham. You think he, he's this year's Aaron Juan Bazaar? He is a 4-0, and he is bombing crosses into the middle. I promise you this. I'm just saying, and he, listen, what's wild is, dude, he looks like a center back. He's a huge dude, and he's playing, he was playing right back for them. Aaron Cresswell plays left back. So you might change Grant Hanley to Ben Johnson. I might. The only reason why I haven't done it yet. You're going to have two rest hand defenders. The captain. Yes, I will. <laughs> I am hammer time right now. All right. Um, no, it, it's price point. It's price point. You're not spending a lot of money in your defense. I'm not. You, you've gone discount defender, which is fascinating given how much we've talked up the defensive line this season. Um, I am, but I want pieces of good defense. And I want to figure out a way to get into the Chelsea defense. You're just trying to get clean sheet points. With your defense, though. that's right. You're not getting attacking returns from these guys. I, lo- I love the way the team's set up right now. Okay, all right. So we'll hold that thought for a second. Any it's an questions? interesting strategy. A- any questions? I'm going the opposite direction, but okay. I also don't feel I, this line of mine could change uh, in at least four out of five places. When you listen back to this, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so I'm definitely open, but I'm currently not going anywhere near the strategy sure. you're using. Brian, what about you? My strategy is unsettled. I feel <laughs> terrible about this. And it has a lot to do with what I just said. One of my favorite things is at the be- the last hour before the season starts and the lineups lock is the worst nervous hour for Brian all year long. I hate it. it is, <laughs> I, I'm like shaky by the end. Um, I until I until it. that first minute hits. And it was hilarious because last, <laughs> last season was such a good start to the season. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't feel good about it at all. Um, no, my right now, my starting five is, uh, it's a smattering of five and a half dollar guys and Grant Hanley. <laughs> so <laughs> really you have well, four so, five and a half pound guys. So my, so initially my first lineup that I set out, the one guy that I could not get rid of and who I very well could go back to is Trent Alexander Arnold. Trent Alexander Arnold was my was my easy choice of the Liverpool defenders. The easy over Andy Robertson. Yes, over Andy over Robertson Virgil. and over Virgil. Over Dave's Joe Gomez. It had everything to do with the fact that Liverpool defenders have played a lot, except Trent, Trent Alexander Arnold. Twenty four hundred and sixty seven minutes last season for Trent Alexander Arnold. Compared to thirty two hundred and nineteen, yeah, he shared time Andy a little, Robertson. especially earlier in the season. He was hurt, yeah, split time. But I think my feeling was by the end of the season, he averaged he averaged six point four points per match. Sure, only Salah and Sterling were better than that. Wow, so it's good stat right there. Um, so that to me, I, to me, he was just so good at the end of last season. Uh, he, Takes corner and, kicks oh, and free kicks. Yeah, free kicks, takes corners, and, I mean, honestly, look at the ownership percentage. I mean, why is he... He's owned so much less than... Is it the 7.0 price point? They're at the same price point. Yeah, it's 7. I mean, Virgil, oh, I understand that Virgil, that extra 0.5 is a deciding he's a factor. he's back. For, right. And he doesn't score as many goals off of headers as you would think. It, it has no, but he gets bonus points. True. The he only does, thing it really can well be is that extra 0.5. To me, that's what's pushing him up to the top of the list. Hmm. And I know everyone's going to scream goal threat, but I mean, how much more of a goal threat is he than any center back yeah. at any time? It's not like he was by far the best goal-scoring defender last season. He wasn't. 
Sure. Shane Duffy was. Right. Well, yeah. So so who do you have in your lineup? So right now, I I switched to Gomez. Really? But Two only, of you have Gomez? Well, only on... Listen, it we, was... We listen, did not talk I, about this. I am... Listen, <laughs> I am I switched only on... I mean, just in terms of shuffling around other players just to kind of see who else I could get. But I already said I had Seamus Coleman in there. To me, Zinchenko at five and a half is a, is a shoe-in in the I, defense I agree. for that price. Kyle Walker-Peters is, is in my lineup as of right this moment hmm. because... There is no other Spurs right back available for week one <laughs> as of true. right now. Foyt is on suspension. Remember, and, yeah. and remember Fo- end of the and, season red card? And, yeah. Foyt is, and Foyt is hurt. Oh, right. And Serge oh, Aurier right. is still not up to full match fitness and recovering from hand surgery for, for my favorite reason ever, pounding a table supporting his Ivory Coast teammates during the African Cup of Nations. That was why he Amazing. hurt his hand bad enough to need surgery Kudos, Scott. It never pays. It never pays to be too happy. It is amazing. Mm. Don't be too happy. Okay. So Kyle Walker Peters is your third defender. That's painful. I like that. I really like that. Right now, it's Gomez, Sheamus, Zinchenko, Kyle Walker Peters, and then Hanley as uh, as dead weight. Dead weight at number five. What's what's Coleman's price? Five and a half. Five and a half. So you don't have any premium defenders either. No. Now. The shuffle up front, I mean, the players that I have in front of that right now, I can't help. I can't put anyone more expensive than that. You're putting more money forward than you are in your way more money forward. Which is fascinating because, again, guys, we talk. (laughs) It's funny. I guess maybe I'm living in the past. Well, so I kind of look at it like this guy. I just don't know if it's going to be as good as it was last year. I mean, last year came out of nowhere, the defense scoring that much. Just because it happened last year, I don't think it necessarily is going to mean that it's going to no, it's going to continue. Certainly not a guarantee. Absolutely true. It is not a guarantee. But I just haven't seen enough movement in player personnel or managers strategy to say I'm going to throw the baby out with the bathwater and I'm going to avoid any premium defenders out there. It's fascinating. I'm I'm very curious to to see how this goes. And again, there's only one guy here that I'm definitely going to keep out of my five between now and game week one, and that's Shane Duffy at five zero. I feel good about keeping Shane Duffy in my okay. in my line. I have Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold, even though Brighton is garbage. I think they'll improve. I think it's what's funny is like sometimes Brighton's getting relegated. By the way, you know that, right? Brighton will they sign no one. Brighton except Adam Webster, who's another defender. I think, well, obviously for them to stay in the league, there's really nowhere for them to go but up, unless they get relegated, obviously. But uh, I disagree. I think there's a couple of promoted clubs who are going to go right back down, and someone's worse than Brighton no. in the league. Brian, what, Newcastle. T- Brian, t- tell me about Brighton. Newcastle United. Brighton can go straight to hell. <laughs> And I, <laughs> those are those are his personal feelings getting in the way, though. And I hope, I hope to all the football gods that they go, that they finish 29th. <laughs> I want them out of this league so bad. Remind listeners why you hate Brighton. They there's a million reasons. They, I, I hate them for for getting rid of their of Chris Hutton. I hate them for 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 uh, screwing everybody over during double match weeks last season. 
Uh, I hate them because... But they have such a beautiful style of play. No, you know what? One of my favorite things that happened at the end, we never talked about it. It was in, uh, it was in a Guardian uh, article. It was a, tour, a recap of one of the match weeks when Huddersfield played Brighton towards the end of the season. Huddersfield, you know what Huddersfield fans sang to Brighton fans during the match? <laughs> no. This is so... Oh, I, I hate them so bad. <laughs> Huddersfield fans deserve an, an award for this. They sang this. The song just said, "How do you watch this every week?" <laughs> Huddersfield, Huddersfield fans were that. singing that to Brighton fans. Amazing, and they were right. <laughs> they they kicked Anthony Knockart they did. back down to the championship. They loaned him out to Fulham. They he just, he escaped. As far as I'm they, concerned, yeah, honestly, uh, no, I hate them. I hate everything about them, and I can't wait till they're gone. They're, I'm telling you, prediction right now, sure to go wrong. Brighton's getting relegated. No, listen, Newcastle is dismal. And, but how, we'll if see. They, they were way more dismal. We can talk about it later. They were way more dismal a few weeks ago. I know. They uh, are less dismal now yes, than they, they were are. a few weeks ago. Yes, they are. So. Steve Bruce effect. <laughs> yes. Bruce yeah. will do enough. Yeah. Might do enough. So know. anyway. I'd make a bet on that. Who finishes lower, Brighton or Newcastle? I'd make a bet on that. I'll take Brighton easily. I mean, we we can add this to. The oh, I love channel. this bet for you guys. I think Newcastle will finish below Brighton. I fin- I think Brighton will finish below Newcastle. All right, let's add it to the list. Uh, going back through my defensive line, though, currently I have Robertson and Alexander Arnold. Mm-hmm. I'm all okay. in on Liverpool defense. Yeah, I, I absolutely am. You're throwing the money around. Well, I, look, well in, the, in the back. I yes, can't I am. fault you for that. That's not a bad move. I mean, I think so. But this is with, and that's also with Allison as your goalkeeper. Correct. correct. So, oh wow! So you really, so you, yeah, all you, in. So you're giving away who your midfielders are a little bit here. Who huh? they're not for sure, and my and my forwards. Honestly, you're not going with the Egyptian god. I'm not. Or Scott, Scott Trick, Weeby, <laughs> Scotty Potty. Hey, what are you Scotty doing, Potty? How dare you? I'm just avoiding that whole thing. I, I think can't there's enough. Believe you. I think there's enough value at lower price points okay. with guys I've got in my lineup okay. at forward and at midfield. All right, finish out your defense. Shane Duffy, Dave, is Ainsley Maitland-Niles going to keep playing and do anything of value? Uh, he had his, his worst position? moment ever today, it, it, but that was his lowest point as a professional today. Literally passing it into Unt- goal until Hector Bellerin comes back. Uh, I don't know what the word is on Hector Bellerin, and I do. When Bell, listen, Maitland Niles played really well at the end of last year. He was the best part of their defense, yes. actually. Yes. Um. So he's been starting there every game for the most part this preseason. I don't see. I think Bellerin's going to have to earn it back. And Emery has shown that if you're kind of in the starting lineup for him, he, he not necessarily. I mean, he's kind of going to stick with you. Are right, you're not concerned about the possibility of even Callum Chambers playing on the right side? Maitland Niles has started more, and I would assume him playing against Barcelona. Chambers has started at um, center back, but he's also played on the right. He did. He did play there, and so did Jenkins. Jenkinson. Jenkinson will never get playing time. He is a. I've witnessed it firsthand. He's just not a good footballer. Okay. He he needs to be. Well, I mean, it's fine. He's probably good for you know. Loan him to Fulham. League one, (laughs) maybe League two. Mean spirited. He he'd probably start for Plymouth Argyle. Oh, hey, Hector, shots fired. Hector Bellerin, the initial timetable was sometime in October. But the most recent reporting, including The Guardian, is saying he is ahead of schedule 
and could be ready as soon as Aston Villa on September 22nd. Yeah. Okay. Well, to, to finish, start the season, Scott, you're not fine. a terrible choice. I think you're fine. I like him in my lineup. I'll be honest. Sebastian Pertle from Watford is my 4-0 defender. He may get some time, but either way, he's going to be at Why the end of my bench. Why not go with a Grant Hanley or a Johnson? <laughs> Why not? Why not let us, someone else think for you? Why? Yeah. Why just think? Why right. not think for yourself? Very good. That's good. So I mean, that could change, and the only way to know if it does is to follow us on Instagram, Fantasy Soccer FC. We'll post it. Our Instagram uh, account will feature kind of a running diary of of at least my lineup and some of these other guys' lineups that that. Uh, they're able to share, and we will make sure to show those to you before the game week's locked. So make sure that you're following us on Instagram throughout this season. This, th- there are so many other names at this point that, that I cannot say one. Like I said, Gomez being there and Alexander-Arnold not being there is something I did hours ago. Trent Alexander-Arnold to me is, is, is terrifying to not have given his given what he did in limited time last season. What did Andy Robertson do to not get mentioned, though, as we start the new season? So, interesting, at that price point, I actually ranked Robertson higher. Brian, you're right. Alexander-Arnold was the better player at the end of last year. But, like, like Alexander-Arnold got yanked from the game today. And Matip came in, and Gomez moved to right back, and Matip was playing center back. So, I'm just like, and last year, Gomez was starting over him. So, I... No, I know this. Robertson started Robertson last season Robertson starts better. every single game. So I and he started the season really well last just, year. Yes. There's just a little bit of shakiness for me at the current moment with Trent Alexander-Arnold and his place. I, and I don't think he's going to lose a spot. He did get yanked today because he was he, he was He getting subbed torched. out a little early a lot last season. So there were plenty of times last season. He's still like 22 he, or 23. I mean Right. That's what I mean. To no, no, me I, there were there were there were many matches where Alexander Arnold was subbed five minutes before the end of the match or something like that. Like there, yeah, I mean there are definitely there. I think that I think that can, can that can easily continue. I I and it's nothing against. It's not that Andy Robertson is bad or has done anything in preseason that you're like, no, 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 I get that guy out of here. Right. Like like look at like even just going down through the list of most owned like. Dina at twenty twenty six percent owned. Him. Like, that is a that is a massive number. I, but, but he falls into the Everton that's defense exactly. And, right. And while I think you could be right, Dave, they might be good. What we saw at the end of last season might be the new norm for them with their current personnel. I just don't buy it. Uh, I am shocked that the two most owned Manchester City defenders are Laporte and Kyle Walker. Which Laporte won't Kyle, be starting the season. Well, yes, Laporte's probably hurt. You know, it's at least a concern that he won't start week one. And so it'll be it'll be Stones and Otamendi, which again are both five five, and that's good value. Right. I just but, but are they good players. I mean, I could easily see them giving up a goal at West Ham week, game week one. Maybe. Yeah, he's with str- Stones and Odomendi. Well, and Laporte is just struggling with what all all anyone is calling it is a knock. So some unspecified yeah. injury kept him from even being on the bench yeah. in the Community Shield this week. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't. I know I, I wouldn't want to start week one with Laporte and Kyle Walker. Notoriously, last season, almost no attacking returns. It was almost everyone else. I mean, think of him even compared to Mendy, who barely played last season. Basically, every minute that Benjamin Mendy was on the field last season, which wasn't many, 
he was getting an assist. I mean, Mendy is prolific as a as an FPL. Kyle Walker still finished ninth overall. Right. He and that is on the back of forty five clean sheets or however many there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, Seventeen maybe. No, but I mean, there are some, like I think of Ricardo Pereira and Ben Chilwell yeah. at Leicester. I mean, if you're going per- with attacking Pereira guys, finished tenth overall. You hey, you want a Ricardo? You want to know a Ricardo Pereira stat? Ricardo Pereira, first of all, not only just from what we saw kind of obviously from him last season. You want a Ricardo Pereira stat? Just think of this, and I know he's five a half pound more expensive than Ben Chilwell, who I love. Ricardo Pereira played 90 minutes in every match from week 16 on last season. He completed the most dribbles of any defender in the Premier League last season. Dribbles are not points, though. True, but this is, this is the attacker's attacker here. And he finished with, he tied, he had six assists. It was the third most in the premier, of defenders in the Premier League. But you just listed a bunch of 6-0 defenders. And the problem is you guys picked 5-5 to go to to, right. to, to, to fill out your defense. I went premium mm-hmm. with two defenders from Liverpool at 7-0. And I feel better about those two guys than any of the guys at 6-0, at least as the season gets started. And after that, I can't buy a third 6-0 defender without just completely eliminating any opportunity for a premium player anywhere else in my squad. So 6-0 is a tough spot to get a defender this season in FPL. Yeah, and it, and definitely the, uh, an alternative strategy could be stick with the two pre, or two of the premium Liverpool defenders and fill out the rest of your fill out three defender spots with four and a half dollar guys. I mean, you you easily could do that. I mean, there are playable guys at that price point. As we're wrapping up here, I want to mention this. And this is a total free bonus for anyone who's stayed out and listened to this point. I'm going to give you six names of 4-0 defenders that have played significant. And when I say significant, I mean 300 minutes or over in the preseason. Okay? 300 minutes or over in the preseason, 4-0 defenders in the league. If you wanted to go with... Five four zero defenders. I mean, completely discount the defense, and then spend your money other places. Give it to us. Grant Hanley, Norwich, Lundstrom at Sheffield, Martin Kelly at Crystal Palace, Gibson at Burnley, Johnson at West Ham, and Rico at Bournemouth. It's, it's pretty crazy. terrible defense. Yeah, that's true. Listen, and you're Mar- not going to get and- a ton of clean sheets. But what I'm saying is this: you, you know what I did? Just screwing around. It let me go in my lineup. To go from Josh King to Harry Kane, if I did all that. Just with changing your defense. Just with changing all that. I saved four and a half dollar pound dollars. Martin Kelly's been playing a lot. Yeah. Scott Dan is there, and he was playing way more before Mamadou Sako came back from his injury. Yeah. Which he's healthy. So I feel like that's a toss up with Scott Dan. And yeah. that's only until James Tompkins is back from his injury. Right. But you're right. He has been playing. So that's a guy that's definitely. That is, he could be in there. All these guys play in major, major minutes. Um, I know we've said that Chelsea as a wild card. I, we said it about Manchester United. One of the other, you know, we said about discrepancies here, and I don't understand. I don't get the Allison Ederson discre- discrepancy in ownership. One of the most shocking ones to me in FPL to start with, at least, is the ownership difference between Aaron Wan Bissaka and Luke Shaw. I cannot. I that. To me, is it's just from last year. I I understand that Wambasaka was 
an excellent a choice signing. last season. He's owned 35.8%. Right. And Luke Shaw is owned 2.3%. Right. Are you serious? Right. What is the thinking there? In what world for which we live? Or what, In what, what for the world we live? Is so much more expensive this season, too. He's way more expensive. And, and he did not, I mean, he didn't really get the attacking returns that you would want from someone. I think you could get way better production from someone on that team. <laughs> not just not just at that price, but on his own team. I, I do not understand why 35% of people who can choose a Manchester United defender are choosing Aaron Wan-Bissaka. That's good stuff. I hope so. Hey, we I think we just crushed that defense analysis. I agree. We'll give you midfield and forward analysis, but in its own episode. Yep. Stay tuned for that. We're excited about that. Hey, for the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.